This podcast is Entel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel app. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Hi, this is Kat and I'm going to be talking to Gemma and Ian today on the Big Scuba podcast about UK diving. Hello everybody, welcome. It's that time again. It's the Big Scuba podcast. Hello. Hello, (laughs) welcome. And uh, yes, this is episode 72. And uh, I want to say thank you very much for downloading this podcast. If you've not listened to us before, well, welcome. And uh, there's a whole wad of uh, episodes for you to go download before you want to download this one but thank you for sticking with us Uh, we always appreciate our listener for downloading our episodes yeah wherever you are in the world what are we about well we talk about diving we we invite lovely people to come on and talk about their diving history and uh, what things they've been doing mm-hmm. Gemma you are referred to often as a baby diver because you are <laughs> just an open you have just qualified as an open water diver I have yeah and I've got 20 dives under my belt yeah yep. uh, myself I've been diving for about four or five years and uh, a dive master for about three to four years yep and uh, we are based on the east coast of England mm-hmm. and uh, we dive predominantly around here and um, in the Midlands. Yeah, in inland water yeah. Um, sites, yeah. But we also talk to people that are non-divers as well, that yeah. have a connection to the water, whether it be fresh water or yeah. oceans. Yeah, uh, we have a YouTube channel called The Big Scuba and also we ha- invite... Uh, companies on to come talk about their products and we've mm-hmm. we test their products as well don't yeah we? yeah and we've had quite a range of items to look at haven't we yeah so that's basically the gist of what our podcast is about it's ever evolving it certainly is um you know and we try to be inclusive and be open for everybody whether you're just thinking about diving getting in the water and at the moment you're snorkeling you want no more or You've been diving for years, and whether you're in Florida, uh, Bahamas, or in the UK, you know, wherever, you know, we want to uh, hopefully have something for you. Yeah, so So, encourage you to get in or on the water. Yeah, so with that in mind, today's podcast is going to be us talk. We've got a cat on the we have, we have the first time we've had a cat on the podcast <laughs> not a four-legged cat <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're talking to uh, a local lady uh, her name's cat and she's going to be talking to us about shore diving um shore diving in the east of england yeah. but also it covers uk diving you know yeah, so yeah. uh yeah the because, principles are there um but she's yeah, yeah going to tell us all about does, and she's going to be talking about that so, uh, before we do talk to Kat, should we just talk a little bit about what we've been up to this week? We've been diving. We have. That's our first dive since October 2020. I know. I, I can't remember how many, um, my surface interval, something like 260 days. days or something. It's so a we, long time. Yeah, yeah. it's a long time. I think actually my longest surface interval ever since I've begun diving mm. because of the lockdowns yeah we yeah. haven't been able to do anything about it so but yeah. we got back in the water at Stony Cove yesterday which was great yeah yeah we had um, 
great couple of dives it was really nice and uh, what I say thank you very much to the guys at Stony Cove because you know yeah they, uh, managed to squeeze us in at the last minute thankfully yeah yeah and it was quite a busy day there were lots of people there it wasn't super busy in the water but it was nice to see people out getting in the water and the visibility was great it was we must have yeah. four or five meters of visibility yeah. there uh, which is brilliant you know UK sometimes that can be a little bit murky whether it's on the shore or inland no, but it was, it was it was really good it was perfectly doable wasn't cold really no, no almost tropical yeah yeah I think you know obviously you need a dry suit I would say but then there were swimmers open water swimmers out yeah, there absolutely and they didn't have really much on <laughs> so I think some of them are naked, aren't they? <laughs> no, don't give Stony Cove a reputation. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I jest. But, they, you know, they were, there was quite a few open water swimmers and crazy. Well, it's, it's just great to see people getting in the water and out and about. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. A, a nice atmosphere as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it's always a nice atmosphere. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's a great place to go dive. So uh, if you're near Stony Cove, if you're look in the up. area, look yeah. them up. Or even if, you're, even if you're not, it's worth having that travel to go and um, you have to go to the stonycove.com website to go book yeah um, because you know things change obviously because of the whole covid situation yeah. so but it's a very well organized uh, inland site yeah yeah they've got a great team there yeah. and a good shop good restaurant things like that so. yeah and we had great dives yeah Two we dives. did yeah we saw saw some big pike we, we saw mr and mrs pike <laughs> yeah that's the biggest pike i've seen I think. yeah i don't know how big they are it must be a good 20 pounders i'd say well they're a good arms length well, longer. Good yeah, longer than my arms. Yeah, more than a meter. <laughs> so, uh, but there are, and uh, we also want to say um, hello to our CrossFitting friends because mm -hmm. um, that all helps us with our air consumption, keeping fit in the water. And you said yes, you said yesterday. How much? fitter you feel carrying all your diet stronger yeah i've definitely have improved in strength. I mean, it was fit anyway, but strength wise, like humping the tank around, just felt a little less effort yeah so that, so that's good so uh it's good here my air consumption has improved uh quite a lot quite a lot actually mm. um since i've been doing crossfit that's definitely helped so uh look it up and uh find your nearest box as they say if you're looking for somewhere to keep fit now the gyms and everything are open it's a great way to keep fit and full of variety as well yeah so watch out for that and watch out for them burpees um, also, I want to say um, thank you to our great friends um, who we have, uh, Fourth Element, O3, yep. and Paralens, who, and Mares, yep. who all help uh, in you know keep help keep us going with making content and making podcasts. Uh, they, yeah, product testing. So yep. yeah, I've got a great dry suit from Fourth Element, great BCD from Mares. Yeah, so, yeah, it's really. Yeah, great. Makes diving a real pleasure. And I'm a converted man. I know. We've I'm a converted glove. man with my O3 gloves. And uh, they look snazzy when I look at them. They light up. I love the whole fact that they actually light up in the dark. I love yeah, they that. do look good. And I yeah. love the octopus print, you know, and I like the fact that they're... Uh, dexterous. Dexterous. And they're warm aren't they yes yeah. you know and I, I love that and i thought that's great and um i did have another pair um not i won't mention the brand because that'd be unfair but i've always wore these other uh gloves you know but they were five mil really thick gloves you know yeah, it's hard to do stuff with 
Um, so I have done a review when we went to St Abs and I've done another one yesterday that'll be going on YouTube about how good these uh, tri-season yeah. three mil gloves are of 03 so I like, uh, I like them yeah yeah so yeah thanks to everybody that supports us yeah so thank you very much now so that kind of covers everything um, the episode that we've got with Kat is quite long so we are not going to do news this week no no but I think have a listen to Kat and you might get inspired to try UK diving. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're not um, in the UK going very far this year. Um, and uh, that might change, that might not. But yeah. chances are it probably won't this year. So we're all looking at what, what ways we can get in the water. If you if you predominantly only ever do a liverboard diving, now's the time to look at what's on your coast. You know, you can snorkel, you can free dive. You can yeah, just yeah. get in and wade about, see Snorkel. what life yeah, there yeah, is, yeah. Uh, and uh, or you can get in and go for a dive. You know, it's all mm. on our coast, and we are now coming to the season of diving time, yeah. on our shores. Yeah, and this episode is obviously about UK diving, but equally you can consider it wherever you are in the world. Absolutely, so, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and um, you know if this is. If you're thinking about shore dive, this is the episode for you. Yeah, definitely. So it's really great, and thanks to Kat for coming on. Certainly will. So uh, let's do it. So welcome everybody. Uh, thanks for downloading this podcast. Uh, we are going to be talking this morning, Gemma and I, to uh, our friend in Norwich. Uh, her name's Kat. Yep. Kat is an, an instructor at Crystal Seas. Recently qualified. Uh, as an instructor, yeah, with Paddy, and also involved with Sea Search East and Seagrass.org, uh, uh, which is a, the organisation to do with Seagrass mm -hmm. Ecosystem Research Group. Um, and we're going to be finding out all about those sort of things um, in this podcast. Yeah, and especially about what, how to go diving in the UK. Yeah, yeah. So with the seagrass, what I think we're going to do is uh, talk about that maybe in the next episode. Yeah. Or in the we'll couple episodes tied. Yeah, but we will uh, just mention that. Yeah. All right. Brilliant. So welcome to the Big Scuba Podcast, Kat. How's it in Norwich today? It's actually really sunny. It's lovely out here. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me, guys. That's all right. You're Thanks welcome. for joining us. Yeah, so would you like to uh, just introduce yourself to our listeners, just say who, what your name is, where you are, and what you do? I'm, I'm Kat Gerasimova. I'm based in Norwich, and I've been diving all over UK. Um, I, I really love it. It's the best thing. I actually started diving only four years ago. So about this time, four years ago, I was booking my open water course with Crystal Seas, and like from there, I was aiming to do one course a year so I could get some dives in between, like get some more experience. And four years on, I'm now an instructor. It's been an epic journey. <laughs> yeah, so you've obviously got the bug. Yeah, definitely. Like I'd always been into like everything to do with the sea. I grew up by the sea and like every time I see a rock pool, I have to go look into it. So yeah. from the moment I got into the water, I knew it was for me. Yeah. Isn't it weird how we all get these bug though, isn't it? Mm. Whether you live near the coast, uh, your involvement with the sea, you kind of get that bug and you're like, oh, I want to know more, I want to be involved with it more, yeah. see underwater. And, you know, you do, don't you? Yeah. You do get yeah. it. And there's people that 
don't have anything to do with the water that tries scuba and then they're just totally hooked, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, as soon as you get your mask on, you're like, wow, what's see what's underneath. So um, you recently just qualified as an instructor. You, you was, a, you was a, a dive master like myself for a while and qualified. Does it, how did you... Yeah, how did that all go? How's your teaching going now? It's great. I actually had my first students in open water last weekend. Brilliant. It went really well. They really enjoyed it. They're going to be back for more. And okay. it's actually been really nice because with those students, I've been with them right through from their open water when I was a dive master. Yeah. And now they're doing some speciality courses. And I'm there as an instructor. And it's just an amazing experience to see people mm -hmm. progress. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's great to hear how keen you are. So, so as well as the UK, have you dived abroad as well? Yeah, I have. Every time I go abroad, I try to dive, even if they're not dive locations. So I used to travel quite a lot for work pre-COVID times, and like every year I go somewhere in Europe and I try to dive there as much as I can. Like mm. my dive gear always comes with me, never mind anything else. <laughs> dive gear gets priority. Um, so. I've dived a little bit in Asia, a fair bit around Mediterranean. And like, it's been so interesting to just see all the different locations, like the different animals you get there, even like in places like Southern France, like it's great for diving because you see things you don't see anywhere else. Mm, yeah. 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 You never know when you'll get lucky. You might see something cool like an octopus or a shark. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But yeah, unfortunately, times have changed a bit and travel's not so good. So um, people seem to be more looking at UK diving. So have you found people asking you more things about how they go about it or what they can do? Yeah, that's actually true. We've had a lot of people over the last year who have never dived in UK before. And now because they can't go abroad for liverboards and they need to get something for their diving bug. Yeah. And they've been uh, asking about diving off the UK coast, so shore diving, boat diving, and it's quite a different experience because we have very different environments even around the UK itself. I've dived mostly off the Norfolk coast, but also in Wales and uh, southern coast of the UK. And for yeah. all three places, we need to do different sorts of planning. Uh, we have to take different things into consideration. But once you look at it and break it down a bit, it's actually not that difficult. Mm. No, no, but it's an understanding of the currents and uh, and getting familiar uh, with the local area is always, is always good, isn't it? And um, we get, as you said, you know, with the travel situation, we are going to get people coming to uh, Norfolk, Suffolk, and looking at the different parts of the UK mm. of how they can dive um, because it's been over the last few years, uh, liverboards have done really well. Uh, and some people will only enjoy diving on the liverboard because you get that, you know, you get looked after. You get, don't you? You get, you get dressed, <laughs> yeah, for sure. you get dressed, you get undressed by people. They get help. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you're on there, off come the, they're helping you to get your wetsuit off. And uh, and it is brilliant. And that is really great. That's a, you know, it's, it's a lovely way of diving for a week and, and you 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 get in what 20 dives in yeah. in a week and, and that is brilliant you get to see yeah. all the sharks and well if they're in that area but you, you know you get to yeah. dive some beautiful wrecks things like that but on our coast on our doorstep we have got brilliant diving uk has got exceptional diving mm -hmm. and 
you know, the one thing that's come out of the whole COVID thing is has made us think, right, what we got on our doorstep, you know, what's the things we need to investigate? Yeah. And we're getting people now saying, you know, uh, do I need a dry suit? Do I need a wet suit? What about a semi-dry? Yeah. So what's your advice for people that are thinking about giving it a go on the UK coast? Go for it. Get in touch with the local dive shops because they'll be really happy to advise you. Uh, get in touch with other divers on Facebook. Um, whenever I want to go diving somewhere in the UK that's new to me, I post a message on one of the diving groups on Facebook, ask if anyone wants to take me out for a dive, because it's always nice to have local buddies. Yeah. Um, ask for advice about tides, currents, visibility, things like that. Because that does vary quite a lot from dive site to dive site. Mm. But a lot of people get put off UK diving because they think they need a dry suit. And I am a dedicated tri suit diver. I love my tri suit. Yeah. So I dive in it most of the year round. It's rare that I go out in a wetsuit. What dry suit have you got? I have an O3. Yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. It fits really nicely. I just had a new Nexial put on yeah. and it's all snug again. Uh, you do need to get them serviced a bit because, like, my Nexial stretched by four centimeters between uh, when I first had it and mm. when I sent it in for its service. So you yeah. do need to look after your kit, but it's very reliable. I haven't had leaks. Like, I love it. No. I love staying tri. I, I actually dive in tri gloves as well. Yeah. Yeah, so very often I'll come back from the dive. I don't need to try off because I'm already tri. I just need to change out. And yeah. also if it's raining, I, get, I don't mind if it's rains because I'm not going to get wet. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's what yesterday. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So if you arrive at Stony or, or your dive site you know, and it's raining, I just yeah. get dry suit on. Yeah, we had a natural or... rain at Stony last Saturday and like we just changed it into my dry suit and it was fine. Yeah. Didn't have to think twice about it. Yeah. But... We're not sponsored by O3 o and uh, we also love you know, our other friends, uh, you know, in other companies. But, that, you know, you do build a relationship up with a company who... Uh, where you get your dry suit from, you know, you're, mm. you dive in fourth well, element yeah. and, and that's, a, that's a lovely suit, yeah. so that's a brilliant suit and, you know, the, the fourth element have, have been brilliant, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, really good. O3, another company, and uh, I dive in O3 suit, Cat, you and O3, you know, and their service is brilliant as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, we love O3 and we love fourth element. Yeah, we? so people... Would you recommend they go for a dry suit or what kit do they, what basic kit do they need to sort of start them off? They don't actually need the dry suits. Like here in Norfolk in the summer, like last year in, from July until September, we had the water and it was 19 degrees. Yeah. It was warm, it was balmy. Their temperature was quite high as well. It was sunny every day. So in my dry suit, I actually had to be careful not to overheat, mm. especially on some of the dive sites where we have longer walk. Yeah. So wetsuit is definitely a doable thing. If you Google for sea temperatures for the location where you want to dive, you'll be able to find that really easily. There are lots of websites out there which will give you the current sea temperatures, the expected sea temperatures. Like you should always use the resources to plan and do ask the di local dive shops. Just call them up and ask what the conditions are like at the moment. They'll yeah. be more than happy to help you. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. So, um... Obviously, dry suit, and then obviously people can possibly hire their tanks and mm -hmm. equipment from the dive shops as well. So they don't need to go full out and 
get everything they need yeah purchase wise they can hire it i guess as well so you can hire like very standard kits so tanks bcds um things like that weights even you should probably have your own fins and mask because those are very personal especially mm. mask um, if you have a leaky mask for a dive that can make the dive really quite unpleasant yeah. so, but if you have your own and you know it fits well that's one less thing to think about one of the things that i consider a must-have for me to go diving in uk is a dsmb and reel yeah. like always safety first in case there's a problem i can't get to shore i get stuck somewhere something goes wrong I can deploy my DSMB and then I'll be visible. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I would not go diving without mine. I would not go diving without my reel. Yeah. And like here in Norfolk, I always carry a torch, actually. <laughs> that's, that's not usually actually a standard bit of dive kit, is it? But mm -hmm. the way I see it is if I need to signal someone and I have a really bright torch for me, they're much more likely to see me. Yeah. Plus, in, here in Norfolk, we sometimes have really bad visibility. So, because I do surveying, I dive pretty much regardless of visibility. I'll even dive when it's less than a meter. And having a torch just helps so much. It gives you uh, that extra little bit of light, which means that you can still do the dive rather than cancel it. Yeah. I suppose for some people, it'd be quite intimidating thinking there's just going to be like very little visibility. So, how do you overcome that? Is, do, is it just time and like the need to get diving that kind of overcomes that? I mean, I'm addicted to diving, so I'll try to say anything. <laughs> like some of the surveys I did last year, so when I was doing uh, seagrass planting and some of the surveys around oyster beds, like we jumped in and I could see even with my torch, maybe 10, 15 centimeters. Wow. Like for that sort of diving, you have to be firstly prepared for it. That's hardcore. Yeah, it is. It, it can be quite scary, but I've always seen the sea as a safe place for me. <laughs> so it doesn't put me off. Like we've seen so much amazing stuff. Like when we jumped in in Essex on our first dive, we landed on the bottom. It was only five meters deep, held onto my buddy so I wouldn't lose him, held onto the shot line we were using. We were serving very small areas, like one meter square. Yeah. And stuck my face in the ground and looked for all the cool stuff. And it was amazing. There was like mud and oysters and loads of bristle stars and whelks. And there's just so much life there. Yeah. But if you plan ahead and you make sure you get, have the right weather conditions, you don't have to dive that. Like mm. in Norfolk, we've had 10, 15 meters of visibility sometimes. And it's wow. quite common for us to have over six meters. That's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. So just got to check those tide times, talk to the local divers to find out uh, what uh, sort of weather affects the visibility. Because for us, if we have any northerly winds, then like it's a wipeout. You won't be able to see anything. Even yeah. I won't get into there. So we're looking uh, locally in Norfolk for three days of winds from the south. So the sea should be completely flat. The really fine sand we get, we'll have time to settle out. Yeah. And then we get in the water and it's beautiful. Yeah. Well, your first sea, Gemma, your first sea dive last year, yeah. we dived at Weybourne. Yeah, you, you, you had literally gone from your open water course, dive five was your... Rosalie. It was Rosalie. Rosalie. And um, the visibility was awesome, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. That's great. Several metres at least, you know. Um, and that was just 
it, it reminded me of being mid sea. Yeah. It was that good. And for me, that's like the colours, you know, the whites, the oranges, and the life, the lobsters, the crabs. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. just like, yeah. But I, I've dived in a wetsuit there, and um, that is plenty warm enough. Um, you yeah. say about 18, 19 degrees, that's about. Uh, for our American friends, about 66, 67 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, so, you know, you know, it's definitely doable. And yeah. uh, dives for about 40 minutes to 40 to 60 minutes, you know, and there's plenty. Yeah. Yeah. So I think if people are sort of dabbling with the idea now because they can't go abroad or are not keen to go abroad, they should really, yeah, just get onto their dive centres and find yeah. a group of people that yeah. are happy to go and the just good thing about social media is that you can search in your area or where you're thinking about going on holiday mm. you know and um you know join some facebook groups we follow some uh, facebook uh, uh, some people we know in plymouth sound and they're diving all year round because uh, the visibility is so good and they're getting the different currents coming up from the south yeah. and, and that's brilliant and also we need to just mention uh, what we're talking about UK diving and shore diving is our friend uh, Emily, yeah. who was recently on the podcast at Scatter. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, the people, we were trying to encourage people to, to look at Orkney as a place to go um, to you know, help them. Yeah, yeah, and see some amazing wrecks as well. Yeah, yeah, it is brilliant. Um, so, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, why people don't dive in the UK. Um, what sort of things can they expect to see off our east coast? Would would you say? What sort of what would be the common things would you see? Common things would be sponges, corals, uh, lots of crustaceans and mollusks. I think last year I saw about ten different species of nudibranchs wow. here off the Norfolk coast, and that's not something that's usually associated with UK. No. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite things actually. But also we have cuttlefish, which are amazing. And I had one dive a couple of years ago, which was in November when the cat sharks come up for breeding. And on a single dive, I saw over 40 cat sharks and they were just sitting around on the reef, not doing very much. So I could go like swim over them and they wouldn't move. Like they were just very happy where they were. Cool. Very, very chill. Uh, yeah, so for some people, the variety of what they're gonna see is probably more than you would see in an inland lake. Oh, definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, last year we recorded 392 species off the Norfolk coast when we did the surveying. The year before we had 350 something. So there are a lot of things you can see. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it a chroma where the, um, the wood henges? Is it wood henge? No, that's that somewhere else. That's further west, I believe. Is it? But chroma is great for diving. No one dives there. I've been there a few times this year, and it's like this amazing habitat of flints on top of the uh, chalk reef, and you get wildlife there, which you don't get at any other dive sites across the North Norfolk coast. Yeah. yeah. But again, it's like quite a challenging one because you need to do a lot of walking. Yeah. Here in Norfolk, we have cliffs, so very <laughs> often you park at the top of them. You've done Weybourne, where it's like quite a long walk to the wreck. Yeah. We have um, dive sites where you can have like a hundred steps down the cliff to get mm -hmm. to the water. But also we have, for example, Sheringham, where uh, you just park in the car park, nice, easy, gentle slope down to the beach, walk in and you're there. That's the start of the reef. 
Yeah, that'd be a good one. Maybe we should. Yeah, and yeah, I wouldn't mind doing that one. Yeah. You, well, you got the chalk reefs, haven't you? You know, yeah. and um, full. Of, they are full of life, aren't they? Yeah, they are. It's actually a protected zone, and Norfolk has possibly the world's longest chalk reef. That's you brilliant. can't find this anywhere else in the world. Yeah. And that's right on our doorstep. It is. Yeah. All you have to do is get your kit, uh, plan your dive, make sure that like the visibility will be okay. Like you can even use the webcams which are set up in the seaside towns to just have a look at the sea and see what color it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're ready, just park, get up, and walk in. Yeah. Well, there's going to be a lot of people holiday in this year, you know, in East Anglia, um, you know, because mm. we we we're not traveling abroad. Um, so you know, for people who are going to be listening to this, you know, these are the things to be considering. Look up Crystal Seas. Get in contact with, you know, with. Um, school there and uh, jo yeah. join up really yeah even for a day trip it would be worth doing wouldn't it because yeah. yeah, you know, we travel a couple of hours two and a half hours to stony yeah it could be in sharing yeah yeah, yeah. because we only dive at slack we could only get two dives a day in here off norfolk coast i mean if you're very dedicated you can do a sunrise one lunchtime <laughs> and sunset but that can be quite hard work you mentioned like on liverboards you get 20 dives a week that's E a lot easier to do when someone is helping you get up and helping you get kit. Oh, yeah. You're doing all of this on your own and you're carrying the extra kit, like you're making sure you've got an SMB, cutting device, a torch, then like this is much harder work. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, can, I can do two dives a day, but like some people limit themselves to just one and that's completely fine. Yeah. You need to do what you can like within your physical fitness, within your diving abilities. Yeah, and you mentioned slack tide. So for people that are not really aware of what slack is, can you just explain that a bit more? Yeah, so between high tide and low tide, there is usually a short period of time when the water doesn't move. So when it just stops moving sideways, and that's called slack. Yeah. Here in Norfolk, uh, slack times tend to be like 90 to 120 minutes after a high and low tide. But that again varies throughout the country. The best thing to, to do if you need to find out the slack times for a dive location is ask the local dive shop. They will have those and they'll tell you how to calculate them as well. Yeah, 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 because it's pretty important because obviously if the tide starts running, currents are pretty fast in places. Yeah. yeah. I've actually tried swimming off the coast uh, when the tide was running once just to see like how strong it was. So I was out in a kayak and I had my fins and mask with me, put my fins and mask on, passed my kayak over to a friend in another kayak, so they held on to it, jumped in and swam as hard as I could without my dive kit into the current and I was moving backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the currents can get really, really strong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's not, preparation is everything, isn't it? In terms yeah. of your gear, maybe have a checklist to make sure you've got all your gear. And then Definitely. I actually have a checklist I go through every single time I go out for that. It doesn't matter if it's off the coast or if it's in a quarry. I go through my checklist, make sure I have everything packed, make sure I have everything planned out. I know exactly when I'll be going to the water. Yeah, It's really important to keep on top of that. Yeah. But despite like the really strong currents we get here off the Norfolk coast, it's actually still pretty safe because our currents run east to west. So the worst thing that will happen here locally is that you have to a long walk at the end of your dive because you missed the end of the slack. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. Yeah. But, and we're very lucky because of that. Like there's some places where you get rip currents, which we don't have here. 
Mm. So further along the coast, um, that can be an issue as well. So I, where there's quite a lot of uh, surfing, I think at Winterton, you can get uh, rip currents and they will actually put, pull you out to sea. So you need yeah. to be aware of things like that as well. Yeah. 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 So it's just local knowledge as well, which is really important. Yeah. So you just build up yeah, a bank of information. Yeah. yeah. And this like applies to snorkeling as well. So even if you don't dive, if you want to just go out for a snorkel, which you can do in Sheringham, we have a wonderful snorkel trail. There's an old Victorian sewage pipe, which is unused, obviously, but <laughs> because it's a wreck, it's actually covered in wildlife. Like you have spider crabs on there and all sorts of things like corals, nudibranchs, sponges. And you could snorkel that. Like at low tide, it's half a meter deep. At high tide, it's like two, three meters deep. Yeah. So depending on whether you want to duck dive or just have a surface snorkel, yeah. that's really easy to do. There's loads of information posted about it at the cafe next to the seaside. But again, always like checking with the local dive shop, even if you're snorkeling, to make sure you know how to be safe. Yeah. We have quite a um, lively fishing industry here in Norfolk. So when you're going out of the North, North Norfolk coast, there are also fishermen walking in the, working in those waters as mm. well. Yeah. So you want to make sure that you're seen. Like I always have a buoy with me. So uh, when we're diving, I tow a swimming buoy because it's smaller than a, a DSMB. Yeah. I still have my DSMB in my pocket. So if I do need to deploy it, it's there. But I will tow my swimming buoy and at night, I actually put a torch inside it so it lights up. So I have a little mm -hmm. beacon where people from the shore can actually follow my dive yeah for daytime dives it just means that so can you hold that visible. is that on a line so that's on a line that you hold yeah so i have my reel my normal diving reel and i yeah. just attach it to the boy and i dive with a reel as you would for a drift dive okay and because of the layout of the reef like once you get to a depth it sort of levels out a bit so in Sheringham, for example it gets to six meters and then levels out a bit it's fair to get past 10 meters yeah. So you don't even need to think about like shortening it and lengthening it that much, to be honest, because there's not yeah. much change in depth throughout yeah. the dive. Yeah. But it just means it's that much safer. Like no one's going to go over the top of me with a boat. Yeah. I didn't I was just thinking, you know, you if anyone's listening to this, they don't want to be attaching uh, a float or anything like that to them. To their body, no. Um, but you know, okay. have a reel that you hold and you know, it's a good idea though, having a uh, one of these um surface markers that are swimming that's quite because you can then i suppose if if you're in deeper slightly deep water you can hold that type of breather can't you mm. you know um yeah. maybe put a drip bottle of drink to it or something like that and especially yeah. if it's walking yeah you know you can uh yeah. dive back down again can't you? and it's really good you know obviously we're talking about diving in the uk but it's not just diving you can snorkel as well and you know that makes it accessible for yeah, definitely happy to get in the water yeah yeah and the chalk reef i think that's definitely on wish list yeah somewhere. absolutely <laughs> yeah definitely you know yeah just the snorkeling there are you know, our coast like most of the coasts around here you know they also provide great places for your kids to mm. uh go and you know they've got uh rock pools you know, when the tide go out, even rock pools and rocks and it's all sorts of bits and pieces under there. You can have a look, you know, can't you? And yeah. get, get your kids involved. And it's making them aware of what we've got around our UK coastline and show them the wildlife as well. It's not just, you know, sand and sea. It's, there's yeah. loads more to see, isn't there? Yeah. So, so Kat, 
you just uh, what's this about volcanoes off our coast? Because at first I knew there's volcanoes Norfolk. in Norfolk. <laughs> Norfolk's known for being a flat part of the UK. What's this about volcanoes off East Runton or West Runton? So they're actually not volcanoes, but fresh water coming up out of the ground and creating like a volcano-like effect. So at West Runton, when it's been raining, the water runs through the cliffs underneath the chalk reef and comes out out of the sand in like little spurts um, out at sea. So you could be like a few hundred meters off the coast and you'll be swimming along, you see a patch of sand and there are these little spurts of white fresh water coming out because it's got a lot of chalk in it wow. and just looks like a volcano erupting out of the ground. I need to look amazing. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, just another thing, you know, it's wildlife chalk reefs, and then you can see, yeah, different kind of water columns coming up. Yeah, it's really cool. But even the sand is like so interesting here because that's where we find the cuttlefish and the pipefish. We get like two different species of pipefish off Norfolk coast, which I see almost every dive I do over sand. Wow. And like lots of really cool crabs which hide in it and like mm. they'll come out and run off but you also need to be aware of potentially poisonous wildlife so we have lesser weeper fish here in norfolk oh, wow. they have a bit of a nasty sting so it's really important to practice your buoyancy and not touch the sand because uh, yeah. if you do put your hand down on the sand they can sting you through your gloves wow. and this is like most often uh they'll sting like kids running around without shoes on so if you have kids and you're going to be sending them into the sea here off the Norfolk coast, just for a swim, for a splash around, even in the shallows, highly recommend wearing neoprene boots mm. yeah. because it's just that much safer. It gives you a little bit more of a soul. So even if they uh, do spook a uh, weaver fish, like, it's more likely to like swim off instead of them getting stung. Yeah. yeah. What about jellyfish? Jellyfish, we've got quite a few here. So I see a jellyfish almost every dive I do, but the stings are not that bad. Like I've been stung, I think, once off the Norfolk coast in over two years of diving, and it felt like a really mild mental sting. It yeah. does, yeah. Yeah. Other parts of the world, you have to be a lot more careful because, like, some of the jellyfish can be really, really poisonous. Yeah. But in UK, we're quite lucky that we didn't get much which will hurt you. <laughs> I had a jellyfish, right? That I was in the farms. Uh, diving and I see this you know the little ones which are blue in the yeah. center and clear around the outside they're really really long tentacles like, I don't know how long I'd say two three meters long and I could see this trail I didn't see the jellyfish I saw the trail and I was like what's that and before I could get out of the way it kind of went across my regulator and done my top lip and I didn't think I didn't realize till a bit late and I was like what is that lip why is my lip starting to go a bit fat and it started to, and it was like a stinger nail. Yeah. And it lasted for about an hour or so afterwards and that went, you know. Yeah, that was exactly my uh, experience as well when I got stung. I got stung on my hand because I was wearing gloves and yeah, it just, it was, it hurt a little bit for about an hour and then went yeah. away. But you, you do have to be careful. Like if you get stung by a jellyfish, you shouldn't rub that area. You should use like a pair of tweezers to pick off um, anything that's there. Because if you touch it with your other hand, then you've got two hands. That are <laughs> they get they get you again. Yeah. <laughs> Damn those jellyfish. <laughs> yeah, but it's not uh, anything life threatening. Threatening around the Norfolk coast. It's no. Just, uh, yeah, no. 
uncomfortable. There is nothing life threatening, even the weaker fish aren't. No. Yeah. It's just a little bit unpleasant. That's all. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So for people um, that want to go into shore diving a bit more, you, there's now courses available. So you're actually producing a course. That's right. I actually created a course for diving off the North Norfolk shore. Wow. And I'm teaching that this year. We've already got our first students booked on. It's going to be quite a lot of fun. Uh, there's a theory session where I'll teach people how to plan their dives independently so that they can be safe when they go out. And um, also about all the wildlife we have, where to find it, because even just here over a space of about 13 miles, we have probably 10, 15 different dive sites where uh, you'll see different things at each one. So mm -hmm. you want to plan your dive based on what you want to see, right? So I'll teach people about like where to find all the cool stuff and um, then uh, take them out for a couple of dives. Yeah. And not a lot of people do, for example, night dives off the North Norfolk coast. I love them. They're great because you see a completely different set of wildlife. Yeah. And yeah, one of my uh, first students actually asked, can I do a night dive? So that's what <laughs> they'll be doing. <laughs> <laughs> so who's the same that? Anyone who's at least an open water diver. Okay, brilliant. So they don't need a certain minimum amount of dives? No. So have you had a sort of a good response to the uh, course that you've got coming up at Crystal Seas, or is it just still early days? It's like still early days, but I've already got one course completely booked up and I yeah. got a lot of other interests as well. I think that's so, popular. I mean, here off the Norfolk coast, the diving is quite safe, especially if you plan it. Like our slacks tend to be about an hour long. Yeah. If you start a little bit early and finish a little bit late, like so you start about quarter of an hour before the slack and finish about quarter hour after, then it can carry you a little bit and you'll still come out in the same place. But it won't be very deep. I think the deepest I've been able to find is 13 meters. And I had to look for that. Yeah. Off the Norfolk coast? Yeah. Wow. That's I say most of the diving I've done off of this coast, that's all been about sort of six, eight metres. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, most of my dives are six metres, sometimes five metres even. Yeah. So for so. fairly newish divers, that would be... It's perfect, yeah. really keen, then that would be an ideal, yeah. Yeah. And like even for newly qualified divers, I highly recommend going out and getting experience before moving on to the next course. Yeah, like definitely. I, that's why I was planning to do one course per year since I started diving, because yeah. I wanted to learn and then cement that knowledge before I proceeded. Mm -hmm. And this is a great opportunity because it's like, quite safe. Like, it's very interesting. There's a lot to see. And like I mentioned before, I'm into surveying. And that's something people can sign up to do really easily. So I survey mostly for Sea Search, which is the Marine Conservation Society project. Mm -hmm. And our local group is Sea Search East. They're running a course mid-June, 12th, 13th of June, about how to do the surveying. And we have people who are like rock pullers, snorkelers, and divers who help out. And this is actually kind of important because these surveys are used to help conserve the reef. So because of the work we do, hopefully it's going to be there for many generations to come. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And is uh, the, the sea, the surveying, all voluntary? So if people want to get involved, is it on a voluntary basis? Yes, it is. Yeah, no, that's interesting. So people can extend their sort of diving experience into doing something worthwhile for Definitely. 
like I find diving with an aim a lot more interesting than just diving with without an aim. Yeah. So sometimes we'll go out and say we want to find this thing or we want to see how far we can get or can we find some gullies, can we find some nudibranchs. Yeah. And that's quite fun. Like it gives you a purpose. It does, yeah. It's, it's very good. And it's good to hear uh, your advice as well about not rushing into certain courses and um, you know, and people have said this to you as yeah, well. Yeah, they have. They? You yeah. know, very experienced people have said that to you about you doing your advanced courses. Yeah. You do these courses when you're ready. Don't rush. You know, get the experience because then it helps you get that benefit from the actual course because you're like, yeah. you start to work on some of these things. Maybe using, yeah. a, introducing, using a compass. You know things like that. Yeah, you've you got know. to do it at your own speed as well. When you're you know? ready, when yeah. you're diving, and you've got your buoyancy ready, and things like that. Um, so that is very good advice. And I think it's pretty cool as well that you're you're doing this course uh, to you know one teach people about diving off the coast, not yeah. just our coast, but uh, off shore diving, and also how to do it safely. Yeah. You know, I think that's, that's, cool. that's really important. Like every time we go out and dive, we notify the Coast Guard about mm -hmm. our dive plans. Like every single time we'll call them up before the dive. Yeah. We'll tell them where we're going, what we're wearing, what markers we've got with us. So they'll ask about like, do you have SMBs? What color are they? Yeah. Uh, what color dry suits or wetsuits you're wearing? That sort of stuff. And we tell them when we'll be back. Yeah. And then you call them when you're back as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, again, a lot of people go diving and won't do that. And I think that is a brilliant thing to do because we're going to need them guys when, it, when you know, if things don't go to plan. Mm. Um, and you should involve them, you know, in your yeah. dive and, and just check, build that, again, build that relationship up with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely worth doing. I had to dive a couple of years ago where I talked to, um, the Coast Guard, because they had a station right next to the dive site yeah. at West Fronton. So I had to chat with them before I went out and went out for my dive, came back, I surfaced, and actually one of the Coast Guards was on a surfboard right up next to me. And he oh, wow. was there because he saw my bubbles and the fishing boats were going out at the time. So he just wanted to make sure that they didn't go near us. Yeah. yeah. And it was great. Like it made everything so much safer because there was no chance that I'd be surfacing anywhere near a fishing boat. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever dive on your own or are you always with a buddy? I mostly dive with buddies. Mm -hmm. I sometimes dive on my own for very specific surveying projects. So for example, I mentioned we did um, the diving in Essex where like the visibility was really low. And for the seagrass projects when we did the planting, that was solo diving. But again, we had extra kits. So we had pony bottles. It was only five meters deep. And we had shot lines that we were attached to. So it's like quite, it's quite safe. I don't mm -hmm. dive in unsafe environments on my own, yeah. but it's not something I would recommend to anyone. It's very different. Yeah. yeah. And you should get the qualification to do that as well before yeah. you um, do that self-certificate, um, self-reliant. Self-reliant, yeah. yeah. I would actually recommend that people in general look at doing the self-reliant course mm -hmm. because we dive in buddy pairs so that our buddies are there to help us. But what if something goes wrong with our buddy? Yeah. That's right. Like at that point, you're looking after someone else and you're looking after yourself as well. Yeah. 
So that's why courses like the rescue course is really good, um, find the rescue course, because you learn how to like surface an unresponsive diver, for example. You learn how to provide first aid. And self-reliant courses are good because they cover things like what extra kit you might want to carry. Yeah. Like for example, I always carry a cutting device. I actually use an easy cut trilobite rather than a knife or shears because it's just so much quicker. Um, sometimes we actually collect uh, rubbish off the wrecks. So like there'll be ropes tangled onto them, like tied into knots and stuff, and we'll collect those. And sometimes when there are knots, they're really hard to undo underwater. And we've tried comparing like how long it takes to cut through a rope with a knife and medical shears and a trilobite. And I'm through that rope with a trilobite within seconds. There's no way I'm going to catch my finger or anything else. There's no pointy ends for me to stab myself with. So was it a trial bite? Trilobite, easy cut trilobite. Right. They're great things, yeah. yeah. One of my favorite uh, bits of kit because like, if you ever do get tangled in anything, you need to be able to get out quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And just gives me that extra confidence that I can do that safely and easily. That's quite interesting here as well, because, you know, you do see divers ca carrying some huge knives. Harpoons. Yeah, yeah, in fact, we talked to somebody, didn't we? Well, somebody didn't carry a knife. Yeah, and um, and she was, she was joking about the size of some of the people who dive inland. Uh, with some massive, great big knives. I think this was in America, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. And um, yeah, it was quite, it's quite interesting. But it's interesting hearing what you're saying, you know, but what you've found is useful. And uh, yeah, there's something in cut, cutting tools a lot quicker. Yeah. yeah. Knife, you know, most of the knives. Aren't really. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we, we'll have to um, put some links into the show notes as well. Of, yeah. yeah. Kind of the typical equipment. Yeah. Is there anything else that people you think really need? Uh, equipment wise I think we kind of covered quite a bit there really haven't we yeah I mean there's a couple more things I carry um, I always have clips with me spare clips and I carry a really big clip to attach my fins to myself when I exit the water right. because sometimes like in some places around here the uh, beach can be quite steep and shingly so it's really slippery and sometimes we'll go in for a dive and it's going to be fat as a pancake and we come out and there are waves and um, in, I don't know if you've ever been knocked over by a wave when you're wearing your dive kit. The first time that happened to me was about three years ago in Taiwan. And I landed on my elbows and knees onto volcanic rock. I uh, cut myself even through my wetsuit and lost my fins. Like I, I, because I let go, I was carrying them in my hand. As soon as I started falling over, I let go of them so, to catch myself. Yeah. And luckily someone was able to grab them for me. But that was one of the instructors in our group because we had a guide and he actually had already clipped his fins onto himself. That's so really he had two free yeah. hands. And since then I've always carried a really big clip to clip my fins onto my BCD so that I have two free hands to hold my body, catch yeah. myself if I start stumbling or anything like that or slip. Yeah. And even I highly recommend down, this to everyone. Yeah, even walking down the beach, you know, that yeah. would help, wouldn't it? Just, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Even coming back, like we have a lot of heavy kit. My kit probably weighs around 50 kilos. I actually uh, put it on and got on the scales to figure out how much it was. Like tank, BCD, weights, everything, uh, even dry suits. That's 50 kilos. That's a lot of weight to carry. Yeah. Oh, so. If I've got free hands, I can at least hold on to the handrail as I walk back to the car park. <laughs> yeah. I might do that. I was interested to see what my uh, what my kit would weigh. 
Get kitted up again today. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's worth it. Well, your rubber suit on a Saturday night anyway. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've talked about this before. Gemma, Gemma, a Saturday night, Gemma, Gemma gets the rubber suit out. Oh, that's this kind of thing. <laughs> so special occasions. Anyway, moving on. Moving on swiftly. <laughs> So, yeah, like you can see the importance of being fit for diving. Yes, and we saw the benefit yesterday, didn't we? Of what? Sorry, what? <laughs> we've been doing CrossFit since. Well, you've been doing it longer than I have. Yes. We've been doing. Well, December kind of I started. Yeah. Doing like stuff at home, and then I've joined the last couple of months. And yesterday at Stony, <laughs> stop laughing. You, I just felt like I was more in control and a bit stronger with my gear like walking down to the quay and back again yeah, yeah definitely and, well you've said it's helped your oh consumption, yeah definitely it? yeah definitely um my air consumption has improved a lot since going to uh, crossfit definitely and fitness is a big thing i, I, I know mm-hmm. you know when you look around the dive sites and stuff um you know predominantly a lot of diving is done by a certain age group of men particularly um you know and that's great and you know diving is open for everybody thank mm. thankfully but fitness is a thing i think does get forgotten about quite a lot and got to get taken for granted and it is when you do so many shore dives and you've got your kit on and you that is hard work you're whacked out it, well the like waveborne the first time i did it i thought oh my god it is it's a fair old step you know stamp over there to yeah. um, before you get in so it's worthwhile and uh again you know is looking at your fitness working on your fitness um because it does make a difference to your um your, your dive ability mm-hmm. and, and how much air you're going to especially you made all that effort to get in the water, and if you're going through a rate air a rate of knots, you know you're not going to get long diving. Yeah, definitely. So you get benefit from it, so it's worth putting that time in. Yeah. yeah. And anything you can do to improve your fit, even just going for a walk. It is just walking day, is enough, isn't it? Know. Just to yeah. But also diving is very adaptable. Like you did have to walk all that way with your kids. So you mentioned, for example, oh. Wayborne. Mm-hmm. It's a three hundred meter walk. To the place which is across from the wreck yeah now i don't like walking my kids so what i do is get in 15 minutes earlier at the car park and let the tide carry me to the wreck yeah yeah you can also like bring all your kit down in pieces if you need to um, you can get your buddy to help you there's one diver that i've dived with who has like a little trolley that they take so they put all their kids onto a trolley take it down to the sea get up in the water it's definitely a thing that can be done diving is really really adaptable to the needs of the diver people can find their own yeah they just find their own kind of journey don't they to make it yeah you know adapt to yeah what they're capable of yeah yeah but and that's another good point that you know diving in the uk is accessible to everyone isn't it it is definitely yeah absolutely yeah yeah definitely yeah that's good so hopefully it will inspire people to think about uk diving so for people who who are interested in your course where they best to go to to you know get details of your course that you're running so i'm teaching the course through crystal sea scuba in norwich okay 
So if you look them up, give them a call or drop them an email, you could get all the details you need. Uh, there's actually a book of love life that comes with the course as well, so, which is applicable to the whole country. And like a lot of the things you learn about preparing for shore diving can be used when diving anywhere in the UK and even abroad. Yeah. So how long does the course, how many sessions is it or how many hours? So it's one online session and two dives. And those dives can either be done in one day, so morning and evening, or it can be split over a couple of days, like two evening dives after work mm -hmm. on a weekday, for example. Yeah, no, so that's great. Okay. So it's, yeah, quite and their, their website is scuba4me.co.uk. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. Yeah. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, all right, brilliant. Yeah, that's, that's good news. And if people who want to follow you and what you're doing for Sea Search East, where do they need to go to? So we have a group on Facebook for Sea Search East. There's actually a group for every part of UK on there. So find your local one. I'm in Sea Search East. I post about all my diving there. Okay, and cool. it's a great place to get in touch with other divers and people who are interested in seeing like all the wildlife. Yeah. 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 So anybody else around the UK, they just need to find out what um, Sea Search um, unit is nearest yeah. them and they'll have a similar way to. Call. That's right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. And we're going to uh, get you back in a few weeks' time, I think, with a bit of luck to talk about your involvement with the seagrass. Uh, organization as well and what you do with that which would be really good uh, I look forward to uh, hearing about that and um, you know how that that's all going really. yeah and champion things around the UK yeah we like that anything that promotes UK diving we like it good good definitely I'm looking forward to that all right yeah. well um, I think we covered kind of everything for now yeah we? is there anything else that you want to add Kat just have a look at diving go out there yeah. go for it don't put it off now, right now is the best time to start because the water is getting warm it's start of our season in norfolk um even in other parts of the country it's getting a little bit calmer now so don't put it off get all the information now and you'll be ready for the summer yeah so the good place to start is your local dive center and a good podcast there we go you heard yeah. it here and don't forget to, um, if you do have your own kit, don't forget to have it serviced because yes. it might have been sitting at home for the last year not getting used. And right. you need to make sure that it's in good working condition so you stay safe. Yeah, yeah that is absolutely true. And on that point, yeah. we had a little Literally thing yesterday, yesterday didn't, didn't mm. we? Jem connected, you know, we haven't dived since October, um, you know, for one reason or another. And your BCD, mm. every time we connected it up, it would inflate just very slowly it was just subtle yeah. inflation yeah. without any involvement with us at all but that would have been connected up yeah that's not an unexpected thing there are valves inside your low pressure hoses yeah those valves can get taken out and cleaned so they can get really really gunked up and if they get gunked up then obviously it's going to uh, free flow a little bit so if you mm. disconnected your bcd hose from your bcd then you would have probably seen in water that is leaking bubbles yeah right. well this is before we actually were kitting up so this is before we got in, in the water yeah. we're still on the shore and um so what we've done we inflated deflated inflated deflated, yeah. inflated and then it, you know and it cleared itself and i think as it was it's because it got dry and stuck 
I think, since yeah. the last time. Yeah, but it was fun, wasn't it? Yeah, but it just shows, as a new diver, the awareness that you need to, like, just look at your kit and Yeah, check, or check. book some time in the pool. We've mentioned this before, yeah. but, you know, bet, book some time in the pool um, and jump in with your dive kit and just mm. check all that out. Yeah. yeah, I will dive in the pool every time my kit's been serviced. So my first dive post service is always in the pool every yeah. time at the start of the season. So if I haven't used my kit for a little while, I will dive in the pool with it first before I go out. Because yeah. if you get to your dive site, you've driven a couple of hours and your BCD doesn't work or your regs don't work, you'll feel bad, you know? Yeah. You've gone to all that effort, prepared everything, and now you can't dive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it just so, in diving preparation is everything, and yeah. double checking. You, it's no good just being complacent that you've got the gear. There's nothing wrong with doing a check, like almost a check dive that you do on a liverboard. You know, if you haven't dived for quite a while, uh, for whatever reason, it's just do a simple, uh, shallow dive, whether it's Definitely. in the pool, whether it's on the shore, whether it's in a in mm. a lake somewhere, yeah. Yeah. where you literally just it takes that whole pressure out, no cameras, nothing. No. That's what we done yesterday yeah. at the first dive. Absolutely no cameras, nothing. We just literally just got in, kept shallow. We said, right, no deeper than seven meters, didn't we? Yeah. You know, and just go around, keep to the shelf and just checking everything, making yeah. sure everything works and underwater, you know, look for, you know, look for bubbles, you say. And there know. was no pressure and it was just really enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's what everyone should do. Yeah. And like, when people talk about kit servicing, they always think regulators, but also your tri suit needs servicing, your BCD yeah. needs servicing. And even if you don't use your regulators, there's probably 15, 20 O rings in there which can perish over time. That's why you need mm -hmm. to get your regulator serviced every year, even if yeah. you don't use it. Mm -hmm. But if you do use it, here off the Norfolk coast, we have very fine sand. So despite me like rinsing my kit properly every time, like every time I go home, I set my regulator in a bucket of water, wash it out properly. Like when I disassembled my regulator, it still had that really fine sand inside it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, same for BCDs. Like when I disassembled my BCD valves to have a look at those, uh, they were coated in sand. So that can easily lead to a leak. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that's a good point. And, you know, that's literally maybe something to add to your dive checklist about how regular, you know, your dates of servicing and just to keep on top of everything and not let the time lapse. Yeah. yeah. And computers as well. Like there's lots of dive computers out there where the battery is user replaceable. But even if you replace the battery yourself, you should be sending that computer in for a service to make sure it is reliable and does work. Yeah, yeah. And change your salinity on your yeah. computer. Make sure you swap yeah. between salt and uh, fresh water. So all, yeah. all smart small difference yeah well it's been brilliant well, yeah. you know it's been really good cat to have you on and go through all this about uh shore diving yeah yeah and i hope every lots of other divers to give it a go yeah, absolutely yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah definitely you know and uh as we said diving is open for everybody and uh um, so thank you very much for your time yeah the water's not that cold is it no good no it's no it's really no, great. So, yeah, it's just mind over matter, I think, UK diving. So it is now's the time. Now's yeah. the time. Now's the, the you know, it's the is the season to, uh, yeah, to be merry. Yeah, find out everything, be prepared. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Great advice, Kat. Thank that you for is. coming on. Yeah, and we'll look forward to talking to you again about the seagrass. Service. Yeah, all the links, uh, if you listen to us via entail will be actually in the app. Yeah. If you listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, and all the others. Links and everything will, and uh, more details will be in the show notes.
That's been brilliant, though. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's been really that, good. It's yeah. been good. It's been really lovely, guys. Thanks yeah. for having me. No, you're very like, Genuinely, it's been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Okay. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Kat, for joining us on today's podcast. And uh, we'll be speaking to you again soon uh, to talk about seagrass. But for right now... Yeah, that's episode 72. It is. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We are not affiliated with any agency or organisation and all opinions expressed in this episode are our own and those of our guests. If you wish to make any comments about this episode, then please do contact us via email or our social media platforms that are listed in the episode show notes. Alternatively, you can send us a message or voice message via WhatsApp on the Big Scuba Bat Phone and the number is plus four four seven eight one zero 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 five nine two four we will always respond promptly and thank you once again for downloading this episode